0: This week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss Boys Oath to Men A new method of hacking allows malicious actors to compromise Google accounts and changing your password won't help Next up, knock your socks off We're talking about Operation Triangulation which was part of a presentation called Operation Triangulation What you get when you attack iPhones and researchers And of course, our fun game Gold guidance and grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 176, recorded on January 8th, 2024. I'm your co host, Callie, a ponderous attack chain fencil. And with me is co host Taylor, stealing from the memory register, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, lama, Llama, lama lama Llama, Llama, help me! Welcome, everybody.
1: Well executed.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I hit the high that was note. A
1: lot of Asians in the uh, in the intro. I like that.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I did that on purpose. Maybe. <laughs> 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 well, this is our first. Uh, Our first recording in a while. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year.
1: Of course. Happy New Year, everyone.
0: Everybody, uh, all the the bad actors also took a holiday, right? Uh, Nothing nothing happened while we were out.
2: (laughs) Absolutely nothing, no.
0: No, no. Everybody have a good holiday here? Yes. Excellent. The best. I re- my funny i i was having such a hard time thinking of a fun name for myself so i did go I, f- I feel like you know i'm one of those people right now where it feels like my christmas tree is still up with my name because it's from a christmas carol <laughs> uh-huh. but uh yeah it's a ponderous chain from marley but it's a ponderous attack chain but yeah like
2: <laughs> I like get,
0: that I'm getting back into the swing of things we um so the last couple episodes uh we shared our best of episode last week which was very fun if people haven't had a chance that one counts down to the top episode of 2023 and then before that we also shared um our predictions for for our InfoSec predictions for 2024 and our predictions for Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. Very important stuff.
1: Are they still together?
0: I think they're still together as of as of this recording on January 8th, 2024. Oh. They're still together.
1: <laughs> right, everyone
2: who took the over is happy still.
1: <laughs> this is one of those things where somebody ought to have a website
2: oh. where the question
1: is is the domain name and then... The website is simply a big, like green yes or a big red no.
0: <laughs> yes, I feel I'll I'll have to look into that because I feel like somebody would have made that probably. But yes, so we yeah we've been busy the last couple weeks, but we're we're back, baby, doing our regular our regular episode. Yeah, should we, should we dive in?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: OK, so our first uh, our first article we're talking about is boys owe off to men, which, you know, I, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes.
1: Yeah, you should. That's part of the term.
0: I know. I'm just, you know, like too too pleased because sometimes, you know, like I say, sometimes these are hard to come up with. But uh, this is a new method of hacking. Allowing, you know, malicious actors to compromise Google accounts and change it usually changing your password helps, but in this case, it does not. So, uh, Tim, the threat actor in question here is known as Prisma. Uh, what What do we know about them so far?
1: Yeah, so if you're looking this up, it's going to be a little confusing and it's a little bit shrouded. So because there is a perfectly legitimate cloud security offering from Palo Alto Networks called, guess what, Prisma Cloud. I'm pretty sure it's not Palo Alto that's making this exploit available to various info stealer uh, malware crafters. Uh, so uh, I think our threat actor here is probably just having a little fun using that name. Uh, but to confuse matters even more, one of the areas where the legit Prisma from Palo Alto Networks can help is. Detecting Compromised IAM, or Identity and Access Management, credentials. But to be clear, uh, this PRISMA here is not analogous to one of the cozy, fancy, snuggly APT groups that you read about. Uh, Whoever it is that's calling themselves PRISMA is sophisticated, uh, and for all we know, they may be state-sponsored, but it's not the name of a tracked APT group that you're going to go out and find. And another name that you'll encounter as you read about this uh, exploit, if you do so, is Lama, which is the name of an info-stealer malware that's incorporated this exploit and is currently running in the wild.
0: can't believe they just took the same name as Palo Alto Networks. That's lazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, did they think that everybody's going to think, oh, Palo Alto broke bad here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or do you, have we seen this before? Are we are yeah, we gonna what if see it's an
1: insider that works at Palo Alto? Ooh. Running both sides of the game. Oh. <laughs> I, I I doubt that very much.
0: <laughs> I just want I want people to just, you know, do their own work. Think think of your own puns. Uh-
1: <laughs> eyes on well, your own work there, super chief.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. For you so.
1: Little fans.
0: I still need to watch that. I keep hearing Oh you
1: definitely do.
0: Everybody I've heard nothing but good things. Um Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get back to that. Have you seen Mean Girls yet? We'll start 2024 that way.
1: Well, I've seen most of it. Oh,
0: you've I'm seen most of it at this it point? Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, there's actually a new one now.
0: Yes.
1: Oh great. I just <laughs> I just when I thought I was caught up. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's exciting. And that's why I asked because I'm just like, well, (laughs) new one's not far behind. So, yeah,
2: you have double the work here in a few
0: months. (laughs) It'll be good though. Um, And we'll follow up with you on that pretty regularly too. Um, But this is an exploitation of authorization protocol, protocol OAuth 2. Um, I think a lot of our listeners would probably know what that is but you know just in case uh tim can you provide a brief overview
1: yeah so uh oauth2 makes your life easier and a little less secure sometimes as we'll see uh, ain't that always the case though right uh people tend to see the contraction "auth" and automatically think authentication but as you uh, stated the auth in oauth2 refers to a different member of the triple a triad authorization uh that, that uh, triad fully is authentication, authorization, and accounting. Um, to get more specific though, uh, Open Authorization 2.0 is a standard that uh, allows a website or an application to access resources that are hosted by other web apps uh, on behalf of a user. That's the making your life easier aspect. Uh, without OAuth 2, you'd be logging into things more frequently and some functionality would probably just break uh, altogether. So. You could say that OAuth is pretty fundamental to the modern browsing experience. Um, But the way this exploit works is it targets Chrome's uh, token service table of web data to extract tokens and account IDs of Chrome profiles that are logged in. And if you use Chrome at all, it's likely that you have at least one Chrome profile. And uh, for a lot of people, they'll have more than one. Uh, If you have more than one Gmail or Gmail backed email account, for example, uh, you could have multiple Chrome profiles running simultaneously unless you absolutely and rigorously run those uh, only on separate devices. This device for this profile, that device for that other one. But anyway, so this table uh, at the heart of all of this has two really important columns. One is uh, service, which is a Gaia ID. I'll come back to that. And uh, encrypted token is the other uh, of these columns. Gaia stands for Google Accounts and ID Administration. So uh, the encrypted tokens are decrypted using an encryption key that's stored in Chrome's uh, local state uh, within the user data directory, uh, which is similar to how it's done for storing passwords. And so what happens is that the malware, like Lama, can continuously generate valid tokens, which keeps their access persistent even across a password reset event, which is what you alluded to in the intro to this topic.
0: Yeah, that's the part that's the scariest part is uh, not being able to change the password or, you know, you can change the password, it just won't. Necessarily do much in this instance. It sounds yeah, like that
1: gives you something to do, right?
0: True, true. You got to think of you know other, you know deceased pets and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. What other things have I posted on social media that I can use as the basis for a password? What season no, no, no. is it?
2: What year is it? These are all important. Yeah. What year components you of your password?
0: First concert.
2: A good yeah. password. Yep. <sighs>
0: But there there was an interesting line in the article that read the developer of the exploit, quote, expressed openness to cooperation, which accelerated the discovery of the endpoint responsible for regenerating the cookies. And I was hoping, could you break that down, you know, based, for me, but also for our listeners? Like, does this mean that the bad actors helped CloudSec, like the re- the, which is the research team who identified this? Like, it did they help? Them to discover this more quickly. I just wasn't sure what the uh-huh. interpret- so there's proof yeah. the
1: that it really is somebody in Palo Alto Networks. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, my interpretation here is that CloudSec was doing some human, some human intelligence, and they were probably not identifying themselves as a security firm. Um, they might have been hanging out on a forum of some kind, and therefore their persona looked to other members like they were somebody interested in crafting crafting. Info are, stealers.
2: Wait, are you saying people are lying on the internet?
1: What? What? <laughs> In my experience,
0: Never. people only Never tell that. the truth. I've yeah. only heard the truth on the internet.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. Same. Same.
1: <laughs> I've only accessed cat pictures on the internet. I don't know what you all are doing with it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so it could have been that they were hanging out on one of these forums. And uh, so uh, this is not necessarily a matter of the actor knowing that they're assisting the good guys here. Um, but that's not the only possibility. Uh, it's not unheard of for malicious actors to actually help security folks. And so I would think that, you know, what that is, I haven't talked to somebody personally about that, but you know, there, it could be like, they look at it as they're kind of running a private capture the flag and, uh, that's how they look at it. Or who knows, maybe they have friends that are really on both sides of things and they assist both sides because of those friendships or I don't know, maybe they just feel kind of guilty about criming. And so they also help security research firms. Uh, I don't know. Or here's another idea. Maybe it helps them uh, to better understand the TTPs, so to speak of the good guys in hopes of getting better against those TTPs in the future. I don't know, but I, I, I think uh, my my guess is most likely it was that uh, uh, CloudSec was being kind of crafty and acting undergroundy in finding out uh, more about this thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably that makes the most sense. But I do love wildly speculating about other things, um, as per huge. Uh,
1: most certainly.
0: Do bad guys. Do they ever feel guilt, do you think? I have not spoken with one, so I wouldn't know. But I would just in, in your experience or Tay, uh, d- do they ever feel remorseful?
1: Uh, well, we did. What was the story we did a, quite a while ago where evidently one of these actor groups was remorseful about something? Uh, I think it might have been one of the hospital ransomware attacks a couple years ago. And they, they said, gosh, you know sorry, this isn't what we want to do. And then of course they immediately just kept on going. I
2: know it's like, it's like that like, get sentiment really only works, you know, in a world where you don't attack the hospital. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't mean That's to, right. it's like, well,
1: not okay. a world that we're familiar with, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I got to ask, cause I'm just, I'm very interested in the, in the psychology of it all. Um, but Tim, how, how does malware mask the mechanism of the exploit here? I'm, I'm very okay. interested. So,
1: yeah, so so yeah, with encryption, basically. So they uh, apply encryption to this uh, token to Gaia ID pair. Uh, CloudSec is saying that Lama uh, basically masks the core mechanism of this exploit there. So this layer of encryption can make it harder for other threat actors to uh, duplicate what, uh, what prisma has done here um or the the people behind Lama. um but Uh, according to CloudSec, their OPSEC was not uh, perfect. And so there was an adaptation of Luma that uh, started using SOX proxies, uh, which they did to get around uh, IP-based restrictions that Google has on regenerating cookies. And in doing that, they inadvertently exposed certain details of the requests and responses. So um, this may have broken open this exploit a bit and compromised its uh, obscurity. So of course, a lot of other actors will be Uh, looking for evidence of that. Uh, You know, I think it's safe to say um, if this isn't already being somewhat widely distributed, it probably will be before long. On the other hand, uh, it's also safe to say that Google's probably looking into uh, potential, you know, uh, updates that could make this, render this ineffective.
0: Right. So, but like in the meantime... I guess if changing your password doesn't help, like what else could be done for mitigation?
2: Stop
1: using the internet.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's been our long-standing advice.
0: And then what? Like, and then how do I spend my time?
2: Well, you uh, (laughs) you
1: write to Domain Tools to get your uh, very own vinyl record copies of Breaking Badness and listen to them on your turntable.
0: That would be awesome. Um,
1: That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? yes (laughs)
2: yes <laughs> you, they take pictures yeah. of your cats you put them up on light posts all you kind of recreate what's useful about the internet and in physical yeah, space. Or,
1: or mail them through the postal mail too it's fun getting mail like uh, huh? as well as i your was, friends and family.
0: yeah i think it's fun to get mail that's yeah. not like the grocery circular
2: yeah most right. mail's not fun to get
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fun yes. to get mail but <laughs> fun to get real mail
1: yeah i guess bills qualify as real real
2: mail it's how it's how they it's how they let you know they love you summonses <laughs> their I bills know. summonses collection yeah. notices
0: can i take a uh, moment to brag about something real quick
2: <laughs> always
0: i got like 20 christmas cards which i thought was amazing i'm like wow, look at all this that's mail quite, that's quite a haul i know i'm just like it's not bills it's not junk
1: it's i happen to know that you send out an excellent christmas mm-hmm. card which I'm ashamed to say I have not reciprocated so far, oh, it's okay, uh, but uh you know that could change,
0: but I appreciate that you that you like my christmas card i we we definitely have fun putting it together. It's one of those things where you know how I laugh at my own jokes here. I' do that while we're making that card. it comes <laughs>
1: we can tell so <laughs> okay, so mitigation of this uh this exploit we've been talking about. And Google did make a statement about this, and their statement makes it sound a little less bad than it seems. Uh, They stated that stolen sessions can be invalidated, which is a good thing in this case, by simply signing out of the affected browser, or uh, you can uh, revoke those sessions via your devices page. And if you've gone into the security settings in Chrome, you may have seen this uh, in Google. Um, But um, also, what isn't, discussed in at least what I've read so far about this, is how you get yourself into the position of having this exploit available on your system to begin with. Uh, You know, this is not like remote code execution against your machine um, directly, so you have to assume that the initial vector for this probably is one of the usual things. It's like a phishing lure that gets you to download Lama or a drive-by download on some kind of unsafe site, one of those kinds of things. So one of the other things Google says in that statement is, hey, you should take advantage of Google Safe Browsing. And we do know that uh, Google Safe Browsing is kept really well updated about malicious sites. Uh, I was pleased to see that it flagged a little phishing simulation site that I made years ago to actually teach kids about um, avoiding lookalike domains. so, there you go. That's another option for you. So, there are ways uh if you're worried about this, there are ways potentially around it. Um and uh so I think that would be for me looking out a little more on what happens with this thing. Part of what I would pay attention to is what is the vec what seems to be the vector that's getting the malware onto people's machines to begin with.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that That uh, dovetails nicely into talking about a hoodie rating for this, don't you think? I do. I do for sure. Well, so you know, talking about how maybe, like, so Google provided that statement that maybe this isn't a little—it's a little less bad than it seems. Uh, We'll we'll go into talking about a hoodie rating. If you're a newer listener, um, after we you know discuss um the article that we uh that we're analyzing. We assign it a hoodie rating if you think about a stereotypical hacker in a hoodie, uh, we're going from one to ten hoodies where ten is absolutely apocalyptic and one is kind of like, meh, it's not so bad. You can you can go about your day. So if uh if Google's saying this is a little less bad than it seems, maybe we'll start with Taylor. What what would you say hoodie-wise would, would make sense here? <sighs>
2: It still seems pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a problem. Right? Like, uh, yeah, we can break OAuth and like changing your password. You know, being able to go and see your sessions and devices and all that fun stuff is good. Um, that's You're asking a lot from your users. Um, gee, let's see. Let's go 5.32 hoodies okay three two like th- five and a th- like five and a third yeah
0: okay
1: three 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 and it's just below five and a third right i, I like yeah that. yeah it's like just below yeah point yeah. three three repeating
2: just below yeah we, we don't we're not repeating we're Rounding just stopping down.
0: <laughs> gotcha okay and what does that point three two of a hoodie look like
2: um it's just like the a third it's like a full hood and then just down the left side kind of like a little just one sleeve
0: interesting okay very yeah. punk rock
2: <laughs> <laughs> it can go over some things you know it's kind of meant to be like an accent piece
0: of course of course yeah. that's all the kids are doing it maybe uh-huh. uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay yeah i like that a lot um tim are you in agreement with Taylor, or do you want to do a full integer of something?
1: Uh, I'm in the same neighborhood and I don't know, just for fun, I'm going to make it a little bit higher here. And the, my rationale is that although, like I was talking about, we don't know how Lama or some of these other info stealers necessarily are distributed. What we have to be worried about is a uh an info stealer that uses this exploit that does manage to get really wide distribution out in the wild and for all we know there may be one uh that we just haven't necessarily seen reporting on so far so put me down for 6.5 hoodies
0: okay i like it all right. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate Wait, it.
1: Wait, aren't you going to ask what the point 0.5 of a hoodie is? Yeah, what's, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Which way you're are right. we cutting this thing? Yeah, that's a good point. I guess I just kind of figured maybe like it's a crop top hoodie.
1: No, no. I mean, we <laughs> can't be so basic as that. Come on, this is 2024. We have to keep, that's keep the state of the art advanced. We have to here. keep
0: innovating. No.
1: What it is, is uh, it's actually a giant hole right in the middle of the hoodie, front and back, big round oh, hole, Wow. such that 50% of the material is missing. So you got to imagine that hole is going to go from down, you know, <clears throat> down close to the bottom of the thing, right up to near your neck and mm-hmm. from side to side, you know, to the mm-hmm. edges. I
2: do have a chest. question it's here. Is the zipper there?
0: Hole. Yeah.
1: You'd have to have two segments of zipper, wouldn't you? Like Would. a little bitty segment down below, and maybe uh-huh. a little bit more up okay. near your head. So the question is, are there two like zipper draggers on both of those? And I think I think you'd have to say yes. So that really makes this a piece of art. But <laughs> be be circumspect about what you're wearing under it, won't you, please?
0: <laughs> oh gosh i i can I can envision this hoodie. And I can also envision that it's like fifty dollars for some reason.
1: <laughs> well, anything that's sort of distressed in any manner is f- more expensive than stuff that isn't.
0: It's fifty dollars on sale, Taylor.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That makes that makes sense. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I think I, I that's my prediction is we will see this this particular hoodie come to fruition. <laughs>
1: You know, I, that's one that we could see on the catwalk in Milan.
0: For sure. I could, for sure.
1: You, yeah. You'd have to rock some attitude when you wear that hoodie.
0: Mm. And
1: mm. those runway walkers are good at doing that.
0: Heck yes. <laughs> well, I, I am glad that you that you stopped me because, I'm, you know, we, we needed to talk about that. That was definitely something important. So thank you, Tim. All right, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with Taylor um, about Operation Triangulation. So please stay tuned.
1: Happy New Year, Breaking Badness listeners! We hope you got some nice R and R time over the last couple of weeks, and we're happy to have you with us for a whole new trip around the sun with cybersecurity news you can use—well, at least some of it, anyhow. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few moments and leave a five-star rating on your favorite content aggregator. And if you're feeling particularly magnanimous, maybe a review too. And if you think your friends or colleagues would enjoy the show, why not share it with one or two of them? Thanks in advance for that. And now, back to our episode.
0: All right, and we're back. How was everyone's break? So great. So good. Yeah. Good, good, good.
1: Yeah, it's nice and relaxing. I like as to a hear it should be.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um uh, yeah, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about knock your socks off. Uh which is uh our conversation about um Operation Triangulation, part of a larger presentation of the same name, colon, what you get when you attack iPhones of researchers. It's a pretty good title.
2: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep.
0: And so, Taylor, um, can you tell us a little bit about these researchers and um, where where they were presenting, which is called the Chaos Communication Congress.
2: Yes. Um, So the researchers on this report are from Kaspersky, um, so a Russian infosec antivirus uh, EDR (laughs) company, and the research arm from that company. Uh, And Kaspersky's been around for you know for forever, Uh, (laughs) uh, and you know they've got a really good reputation from a a research perspective. Um, And the Chaos Communication Congress uh, kind of stems out of the Chaos Computer club which is a hacking club that was uh, started up in berlin in 81 or in germany in 81 um
0: that's pretty impressive
2: yeah and so the chaos uh communication congress fo- or chaos computer club folks uh put this on, put on the chaos computer congress every year and we're on the 37th one of those
0: gotcha okay very cool
1: I have always felt like it would have been so awesome to be part of those really early hacking communities. Um, it, because I don't know things were so much simpler then. it would have been easier probably to learn everything. Although there were fewer vectors for learning, you couldn't just get on the internet cause there wasn't one unless you were DARPA, but, um,
2: Hey, another plug for cuckoo's time. egg. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: exactly. But, but man, I think it would have been really cool.
0: i i think so too like uh wow to to do that so early i feel like you know now i'm in my second year of being in the infosec community i'm like oh wow there's just there's so much i wonder like what it was like back then having not as much
2: (laughs) (laughs) feels like maybe there are more unknown unknowns (laughs) true
0: yeah maybe it's i i i romanticize things a lot so maybe i'm just romanticizing it but um so Tay the first thing that the author of this article does is you know he lays out operation triangulations attack chain Yeah it's pretty it's pretty lengthy Um <laughs> Yeah it's, of, it's
2: really lots. interesting um Yeah
0: is there a way to quickly summarize it? <laughs> I
2: will try but it is worth <laughs> kind of talking about the different layers to this because right. you know some of the the complexity is what kind of makes it important or what um you know I like <laughs> to to use all these resources on this uh you know is is what's really amazing here but it's from the Kaspersky research team they discovered that they were targeted uh by uh, some anomalous network activity on their network and this one uh you know we're here at domain tools this one starts with some domains which is kind of interesting uh, but they found a couple of domains uh that were getting uh, reached out to by iOS devices on their own network uh and the domains were, you know, kind of odd, um, you know, registered through Namecheap, on Cloudflare, uh, and they were, you know, part of the attack chain early on. These uh, domains were a key part of, um, you know, dropping malware onto these devices and then working with them afterwards. Um, so they backed up those iOS devices, isolated them, and set up a man-in-the-middle attack so they could capture everything going to and from these uh, exploited devices. And so they were able to kind of capture the full exploit chain, um, by observing it that way. So the, yeah.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was like, Oh, you did it. You did it.
2: No, no, we haven't (laughs) even started yet.
0: (laughs) When you paused, I was like, Okay, that's his summary.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So they stack really, you know, somewhere between four and 10 exploits on top of each other, depending on how you look at it. Uh, But the first one is an iMessage exploit uh, that has to do with iMessage's uh, handling of TrueType, which is a font library that has been around, you know, again, for forever, since the 90s. This particular uh, bug was uh, some code. They actually matched some code from the early 90s, from Windows 3.1 code, talking about the Apple implementation of TrueType. There were some undocumented features in Apple's implementation of the TrueType font language um, that allowed them to uh, basically escalate uh, their privileges. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah, and you know, this kind of shades back to the NSO groups in their Pegasus, uh, they also were able to exploit iOS via some uh, iMessage handling of some font stuff. Um, so you know, the, there's a lot going on under the hood with uh, with the, the implementations of these fonts. Uh, and in this case, they were able to build little virtual machines. Um, and, uh, Apple fixed this in January, 2023, and then they fixed it for older OS's in July, 2023. So, you know, it was one of those things where no one told, it was like, they didn't tell Apple about this. Apple had already figured this out. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of last year, and then mid last year, they they backdated that patch. The second vulnerability um, is they just use a, a different <laughs> they spoof another function um, that allows them to exploit the pointer authentication code in iOS. So there's a lot of. Uh, like security processes that are built in to keep you from doing this stuff uh, and to authenticate that the memory is doing what it's supposed to be doing. In this case, um, they kind of like gave, gave themselves a gene that allowed them to wish for more wishes and <laughs> built, uh, built a, a VM and then ran a JavaScript exploit um, that then allowed them to use a kernel vulnerability. <laughs> that mapped all the physical memory on the device. Uh, And that is an interesting one. Um, So the, like, they use this vulnerability in the, uh, the way that the, Apple system on a chip handles the different device drivers and virtual device drivers. So there's one chip um, that ha- has all these different devices. Uh, and it, it turns out that there's some unpublished memory registers that were they were able to use to communicate directly to uh, the hardware and then write and read the kernel in action. So they could kind of peek into the like the depths of the os uh, at a very core level and from that point you're able to do just about anything that you want to do but you know it's the level of undocumented features that they stacked up on top of each other expanding decades of you know exploit work from you know stuff from the 90s to this memory exploit that could have been in that chip design for who knows how long, um, you know, they stacked all of this to drop their spyware onto an iOS device. <laughs> and then that, you know, that spyware is the the triangle DB is what they're talking about. But the whole exploit chain is, is really something, something to behold.
0: Wow, that was the yes and of exploits. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we will use iMessage. Yes, nice. and we will use a kernel. <laughs> Oh, my laughing has woken up the cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, um have have mitigations for for, you know, observing this type of um exploit. Has it just been, you know, what you mentioned, Taylor the um January of last year uh release from Apple and then uh, later in the summer for the later OSs? Is that are those the only mitigations so far?
2: Well, you know, you see a lot of updates from Apple and you know, you'll know, you see like security features uh, have been updated and they don't really tell you everything. You know, these teams are able to. A lot of times
1: they don't tell you anything.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's, it's just on like, a please,
0: need to know basis.
2: Do it right, right now. We don't. <laughs> you got to do it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's, there's just a ton of evidence in here that this also targets Mac OS devices as well. Um, and that it's been doing this for quite a long time. Um, there's kind of in the malware itself, there's, uh, it can run on versions of iOS that are more than 10 years old. <laughs> so, um, Look, like granted, maybe they have targets that are using super old versions of iOS for whatever reason, I don't know. But there's a lot in there to kind of protect this whole exploit chain from being detected. So there's multiple exploit chains just to obscure the malware. Um, so like they've got a lot of, like they're checking for like, hey, am I in a virtual machine? Um, hey, am, you know, am I tied to one of these Apple IDs? They're able to kind of suss out Um, 40 or so Apple IDs that they believe are tied, that the Kaspersky Kaspersky folks believe are tied to the attackers in this case, Um, you know, from some of these last checks to make sure this malware is only deployed where it's supposed to be deployed.
0: And the researchers um, involved mentioned that because of the unknown hardware feature uh, that was likely intended to be used for debugging or testing, uh, they aren't sure how attackers would know how to use it. Do, Do you have any thoughts on that?
2: yeah that's a great question right so it's like if you know this thing has been there since you know for forever uh but nobody really knows that it's there um because maybe it was supposed to be taken out or you know it was left to, who knows um you know it's possible that they just looked at all of the designs very very closely um or you know it, 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 there's any just speculating here. There's any number of ways that it could be done um But, you know, probably paying someone to tell you where that stuff is might be the easiest (laughs) one way or another.
0: That sounds fast, like the fastest way to do that. (laughs) I'll pay and have it have that answer right quick. Um, Okay. so the authors of this article brought up that hardware security often relies on security through obscurity. Um, Can you elaborate on that that terminology? Like, does that imply that? that there's intention from, from the manufacturer?
2: Well, you know, the intention could be a number of things. Again, it could be like, Hey, this is for debugging things later, or, you know, maybe we're going to plumb in additional functionality later here. Um, You know, there, there could be plenty of legitimate reasons, but then also if you're the only one that knows how to generate the map, you can put anything anywhere you want on there and not tell anybody it's there. (laughs) And unless they go really know how to look for it, they'll never find it. Um, You know, I think that that is that'll work for the shorter term and maybe even here it might have worked for a decade or more. Uh, But on a longer term, I think the researchers here are trying to tell us that security obscurity will will always fail on a longer term.
0: Okay, gotcha.
2: Some other notes just about the malware itself. There was a few interesting little things about it, Um, like the. So it does all the things you might want spyware to do from a a mobile device. Uh, But it has a couple of interesting little wrinkles. It only records audio when the screen is off. So if like you're talking on the phone, the screen is off, it'll record you. So you never really see it recording anything. Um, they also use the onboard Apple machine learning, like uh, chips that look at all your photos. So one thing, if you got a target with this malware that you might be interested in is, hey, what type of photos do they take? Do they have any passwords in the photos or, you know, right? Like this, so on the back end, on your device, the Apple uh, ML, like that, ML, the neural chip on there is looking looking at those photos and then kind of indexing them and saying, hey, there's a document here, it's a beach here, whatnot. Um, they're looking at those to determine what photos are interesting and then to exfiltrate just to exfiltrate the mapping, the, the stuff that your phone kind of reads about your photos, and then go from there to determine what they want to pull off of a device. Really interesting.
0: Every time I hear about, you know, people like being able to maybe see images on a phone, I just think about my images and how if somebody looked through them, they'd be like, what are all these pictures of outlets and it is me trying to make sure I remind myself that I unplugged my hair straightener?
1: Cuz I'm just so unsure of myself. Can I can I make that my goal for the later segment of the show? Yes.
2: <laughs> I think that's that's pretty great.
0: Is it great or is it like a cry for help?
2: <laughs> Your phone is probably like uh outlet again they're uh, like okay. what
0: is ha-? they're like you turned it off girl
2: <laughs> took another picture of an outlet like, again you must
1: be a performance artist
0: <laughs> my that's actually my dad said you should compile all these photos and make like a gallery opening
1: <laughs> you really should
0: because <laughs> it's not it's not just the bathroom outlet it's like did i turn off the coffee pot too Cause Mm. who knows? I don't, the answer is usually yes, but I'm just so unsure of myself, (laughs) but it's just like, oh yeah, bad actors look through my phone and they're like, what is this?
2: (laughs) Well, no, they're asking your phone to tell you what it thinks about you too. (laughs) Hey phone. I know you like, you know, broke down all those photos. You know, what's in them? Like, what do you think about them? (laughs) It's just
1: a creative outlet.
2: (laughs) Oh, Man, you got to really be plugged in for that joke.
0: <laughs> Kelsey would have really appreciated that if uh, she was on right now. We got to tell her about that later.
1: For newer listeners, Kelsey is the emeritus host of uh, Breaking Badness.
0: Yes, and she's kind of she's a still at Domain pun Tools. Fan, yes. extraordinaire. yeah, still at Domain Tools too. I said it as if you know she was no longer in the world, but she is.
1: Right, 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 right. <laughs> Oh. And she'll probably make occasional appearances on here now. Oh, and
0: then. yeah, for sure. We have not seen the last of of Miss Kelsey. Um, But yeah, thank you, Taylor, so much. Uh, is there anything that you'd like? I know you uh you added some stuff on at the end, but is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with? Because and I only ask because this article is pretty lengthy and I want to make sure that we're giving it as much justice as it deserves.
2: Uh, yeah, look, I think it's also worth it to watch the talk. It's on youtube um you know, it's about forty five minutes long or so uh, and they kind of walk you through the whole thing, which is great
0: excellent, excellent so uh, I think now we're heading into hoodie territory for this article, and uh uh, we started Taylor with you last time, so tim we will we will kick things off with you uh what what would you rate this exploit as from a hoodie perspective?
1: Anytime there's a no user interaction required exploit, uh, (laughs) that's pretty scary to me. Now, it sounds like, uh, Tay, let me make sure I understood this correctly. So this one is patched in the latest iOS versions, and there's not a known exploit floating around there right now for the latest versions. Do I have that right?
2: Yeah, but it's kind of heavily implied that like... (laughs) it's probably more. <laughs> yeah,
1: that that's well that was going to be folded into my rating. Uh yeah, it's it, there's there's probably more out there. So I'm going to stay in kind of the same neighborhood that I was in for the first story and I'm going to call but I'm going to make this a little higher because with the first one, we were talking about, you know, the malware has to get on your device somehow, uh, initially, for that exploit against Chrome to be successful. In this case, um, no user interaction required. So I'm going to put this at seven hoodies for now. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, free guidance before we get to that segment of the show. And that is everybody patch your Apple stuff, even, (laughs) even though we, uh, like we don't know of an exploit of this type in the latest version. Still, uh, we do know of it in earlier ones. So update those phones, seven hoodies,
0: seven whole hoodies. Interesting. What about you Tay?
2: Yeah. From like, I think I'm a go a little higher. Really? Go just the number of things that are stacked on top of each other here to to make this thing happen the level of obfuscation um you know on this is just it's it's pretty wild um so like you know is this should if you're just listening to this podcast should you be worried about this almost certainly not um well i take that back maybe <laughs> uh, but you know if you're like you know uh, just a you're a regular person out in the wild. This is almost certainly not going to be used to target you. The like level of expertise um, here and like just probably the the money from the bugs alone that could have been uh, submitted for this stuff, um, you know, but in the grander scheme of like, Hey, this is really, really impressive. uh, I'm going to go eight and a half hoodies. Oh, wow. And what is your half? Ah, uh, ooh, that's a good question. It's shaped like a memory register. No, um, no, it's just a half, just the top half of a hoodie.
0: Okay, okay, no, no, a crop hoodie. We're going basic. That's fine. For, that's yeah. fine. Somebody's got to be fascinating
2: stuff.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for uh for walking us through that. Um I think we're going to head into the last set last portion of the show which is gold guidance and grievances not in that order. Um if you are again if you're a newer listener, first of all, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um we we like to end um our shows with something fun and um recently uh, well, for the past few months we've been we've been doing gold guidance and grievances not in that order and we say that because we used to do them as gold guidance and grievances and we found out it's just too much of a bummer to end the episode on the grievances. So uh, we'll usually start there and work our way back to gold. Um, it, like, like the name implies, um, we're going to share something positive uh, that that happened, you know, in the last week or two, uh, some some advice that we might have, and then anything that's, you know, grinding our gears. So, so Tay, since we just heard from you, um, Tim, how about we start with you on gold guidance and grievances?
1: Certainly. All right. So my grievance is the 737 MAX. Uh, they have really had a lot of trouble with this thing. And, um, po- probably most folks have seen the story, but the latest story about the 737 MAX was, uh, Alaska, Alaska airlines one, uh, the other day on which a chunk of the fuselage wall blew out. And, uh, Uh, Fortunately, no one was hurt, uh, amazingly enough. Um, No one happened to be sitting in the seat next to the part that blew out. So that was a very, very fortunate thing because the flight was otherwise, I think, fairly full. Um, And they're investigating, of course. There's another grounding of the MAX. Boy, we had, you know, there were a couple of, of course, what got that plane into the public imagination so much was a couple of very unfortunate crashes uh, having to do with a, uh, a piece of software that was malfunctioning, so um, you can go look that up for more details if you're curious. But a lot of people know that the 737 Max has uh, flown through some turbulent skies, and so I just it is uh, so. Uh, I'm not I'm not an alarmist about this. I don't think anybody's odds of dying on a 737 Max are high by any stretch, even if they weren't all grounded. Uh, commercial aviation is unbelievably safe considering the physics involved, but, um, it is really kind of, it's just, uh, such a black eye for Boeing and, um, it's, it's really sad to see. So, uh, on the, the, uh, flip side I will say it's astonishing that a uh, an iPhone was recovered from that blew out uh, of the hole in the plane and uh, works perfectly fine after falling some 16,000 feet. So I don't know. And it was on airplane impressive. mode. The, <laughs> <laughs> the iPhone case or the phone itself or really both of them. So there you go. Well, um,
0: I, how come when my phone like falls off like the nightstand, it's like... Biggest, it's broken. It's the biggest deal. I'm no,
1: not dropping it from high enough, clearly. True. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Okay. So that's, that's my grievance. My guidance uh, is to the University of Washington Huskies, and the guidance is go. Uh, of course, by the time you hear this, uh, they will have already done that, and we'll see how that comes out against the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, sorry, all you listeners that are Wolverine fans. Um, definitely uh, team Husky here. Uh, that's my guidance. Go Huskies. Uh, my gold, I don't often have, I, I don't often sing the praises of consumer electronics. I don't know, maybe cause we are always talking about things that kind of go wrong with some flavor of consumer electronics. And I, uh, I'm more of a vintage technology fan than a modern technology fan in many respects, Uh, not least of which is the security concerns with the modern stuff. But there were a couple of things that uh, I guess were probably debuted at the CES that looked really cool to me. One of them is a uh, vinyl turntable that can stream. Uh, So why would you do that? People might wonder, well, uh, vinyl does have a particular sound, Uh, although of course you are converting back to digital into the digital domain. So you know maybe you're not really getting that except for the clicks pops and surface noise but you also might have vinyl records that are not uh, necessarily easy to find on streaming or that you just like because they're the vinyl records that you have and maybe maybe best of all is just if you want to be hanging out at that garden party uh, not in this current weather but uh, in the future and your turntable is in another room well you can have it sending uh, that music out to your speakers that are out by your garden party so that's kind of cool uh in in a way it's weird though because half the appeal of vinyl is that it it forces you into a in a good way into an intentional listening experience because you're gonna have to get up and flip that record over after uh, side one or a finishes so i don't know i guess sort of mixed but i think it's kind of cool and then the other one that that looked Really interesting to me is a uh, a transparent OLED screen um, mm. that LG has uh, literally rolled out apparently at the show. I think they they actually rolled it out onto the stage, um, and it just it kind of looks like the future. You know, we we've seen in sci-fi for years that monitor type screens are these transparent pieces of glass, and now here it is, and you can put it in your living room for a few thousand bucks. I won't be doing that, but it's it's really kind of cool looking. So. There you go it's it's in the grand scheme of things this gold is not important, but it's kind of fun.
0: I think gold is fun doesn't matter It doesn't matter if it's just uh fun or like actual like positive it's b- both of that was that was positive stuff. it was just uh it was not like humanitarian based that's and that's, right. and that's, that's right. fine <laughs> <laughs> so but it's good for humanity humanity to have fun every now and again well thanks tim how about how about you tay
2: hmm let's see gold no start with your grievance oh start with the grievance grievance uh i you know it's i'm still coming off the holiday season i'm not super upset about anything uh i saw a report that said that north korean hackers stole 600 million dollars in crypto in 2023 that's annoying but it was down from 850 the year before. So that could be good news. Ooh. We're trending in the right direction. Trending in the right direction. <laughs> How about
0: your guidance?
2: Uh, guidance. Oh, uh, if you have an iOS device, you should go in there and then reset all the permissions that you've given for location stuff from time to time. Um uh, I had to do this to set up an Apple watch properly. And it kind of forced me to like go through all the permissions that I've handed out to stuff and some stuff didn't get it the second time around. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think it's a good, a good practice to get into. Cool.
0: Cool. 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 And what about your gold?
2: Um, let's see here. A let's see. So a German research group, uh, posted a decryptor for black basta, which was a, a ransomware group for some victims. If you're a victim circa April, 2023, uh, you can potentially use the decryptor that they published a couple of weeks back to, uh, decrypt all your files. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. I like that. Very cool. All right. Well, this.
0: This has been great, you you guys. I it's great getting the band back together after a couple weeks off uh, from uh, from podcasts. And so thanks for for coming and sharing those articles and your gold guidance and grievances, not in that order. Um, yeah. If uh, and thank you to our listeners again. We greatly appreciate that you tune in, and uh, we know that, of course you have your your pick of podcasts out there. So we're glad that you choose this one and we hope that uh, we'll catch you again next week for an all new episode. Actually our episode next week uh, is going to be our next book club episode. So uh, that'll be fun.
1: Got a lot of momentum going with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People seem to really be digging the book club. And again, if you'd like to be on it, we would love to have you. So uh, oh yes, yeah, please contact us and, and we can, we can talk shop about books. All right, but uh, yeah, th- thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next week. Stay frosty out there, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badass. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.